Welcome to today's DIT Tech for Business podcast. Today we are sitting down with Chris and Ann. We're going to discuss how to budget for IT. So we're going to kick it off. We're going to have you guys introduce yourselves and throwing in a question for you. Tell us your best vacation destination. Go ahead, Ann. Hi, everyone. Um, Ann Maurer, Director of Sales. Um, I would say my my favorite vacation destination was just recently when I went to Greece. Um, it's a beautiful part of our world and the country is amazing and people are very friendly and um, absolutely, absolutely a stunning, stunning part of the world. How about you, Chris? Well, uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Chris Taylor, one of the founders of CIT. Been in the technology business for now 35 years. Find that hard to believe, huh? Um, anyway, tw- uh, 30 years running CIT as your organization. The other five years, I was in the system builder business. So lots of technology in my background. And uh, my favorite place, I'm going to use two places because one's just not enough. So the Amalfi Coast of Italy is probably one of the coolest destinations I've been to. And then anywhere in the mountains in the western part of the United States on snow and skiing in the mountains is another awesome destination. Uh, I think all of them are wonderful. It sounds great. When are we booking the trip to go <laughs> is kind of my next question for you Let's guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Absolutely. get it done. <laughs> but I'll make sure we get back on track. So I'm going to kind of lead us off with the question that everybody kind of want to know is, Why is IT budgeting so important to an organization? Yeah, I mean, I think the really the the key thing with budgeting is have a predictable, forecastable technology spend, right? Too many organizations go into it. And one of the things that we hear from them is it's it's too much roller coaster, right? Spend a lot. You know, there's no consistency. So by at least establishing a budget for your technology and, and technology going forward, we have a baseline that we base it off. It's not always perfect. It's an evolution of a budget, but having a budget rather than no budget helps with um, smoothing out those highs and lows of technology spend. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's imperative to control um, cost. I mean, at the end of the day and, and accurately forecasting, you know, the spend when it comes to staffing levels, support contracts with external um, managed service provider, all of those come into play when you're really looking at your total cost um, when it comes to IT spend. Um, and being, I think more more importantly with the pandemic, we've learned a lot about how do you control those costs and how do you accurately make investment in IT to help you grow your business? And I think that that's very important to, to that planning and that strategic budget budget. Yeah, and I think the other, I mean, if we look back, it used to be that we would just go to our clients and customers and talk about buying new technology, the latest and greatest, the fastest, you know, it always, always spending, spending, spending on the latest. Today, our clients really want to understand why should we spend money on technology? What is it doing for the core business? Not just buying faster, newer, but, you know, how do we life cycle manage? How do we how do we do we really need all this horsepower? How do we be more efficient with that technology spend? So it's much more of a business conversation around that budget than it is just buying new, fast, cool technology. Well, and I think it's also to changing the the impression of technology too, right? We budget for um, electricity and, and gas and natural gas and those expenses that just become part of running a business. And I think shifting our clients to to help them understand that if you're not budgeting for it, 
um, and you depend so heavily on it, right? That planning really needs to be executed correctly um, because it, it, if you take away the technology, how do we operate as organizations? And, and having accurate spend associated to those costs is very important. Great, that actually leads me into my next question. So we've kind of established IT budgeting is super important to that organization, but how is the timing factored in of my budget? How far do I look? What's the forecasting look like? Can you guys elaborate on that? Yeah, so most of our clients, we try to we try to get them out to five years, right? So we look at 12, 24, 36, 60 months, right, to try to help understand what that looks. It's very difficult, to, I think, to go out much more than five years, but we try to give them, you know, in the next 12 months, what does it look like? What does it look like in the next three years? And then what does that really, that out, far out five-year look like? So we can try to smooth out that annual budget. We may not spend it all in one calendar year, but it's a it's a longer term budget, right? Well, and I think the timing of that is really associated to when manufacturers make changes, right? When we have organizations running applications and Microsoft, for example, changes the operating systems um, and and you know sunset some of those OSs. It's it's the timing of of planning in advance of when that's happening. So you're you're not bleeding edge, but yet you're still moving forward as the technology changes. Um, so it's it is it's a lot about forecasting and, and and leaning on the manufacturers for when they're going to you know sunset you know products as well is really important to that to that uh, to that plan. Great. So I want to know too is how how do I start? What kind of percentage do I look at of my budget? What all is considered kind of in that technology piece too of, you know, do I look at CapEx, OpEx? So if you guys can kind of talk a little bit more from a business side and then also from the technology side for us. Yeah, so there's lots of, of budgeting mechanisms out there, right? There's a there's a percentage of of revenue in the organization. That really varies depending on the industry, how much regulations involved, how high tech the organization is, what their use of technology is. There's historical, we can always look back historically, um, that one, two, three, five years also to kind of look forward, we can look, use history, right? But um, it really depends on industry that you're in, um, what you have for internal resources, how you leverage external resources, because both, both the internal resources and external should be part of that budget, right? So your employees, your resources, plus your contracted resources in the case of you know, a partner like CIT. So we really need to look at it holistically of, of not only services, but what does that product budget look like as well? And those are kind of two different components, right? What does the service component look like on an annual basis? And then what does that product spend look like? And that product could be staggered over that five-year period, right? Where it's not all in one year. So lots of different, and you can, there's lots of different methods out there, but you know, the big thing is have a budget, establish a budget. You know, it's not so much concerning to what is the perfect budget. It's because every organization industry is a little different, but establish the budget, try to get some accuracy around it, and then look forward to that five years. Yeah, and and I would say, and to just comment on that as well, is based off of the industry, 
you know, the the more compliance regulated organizations typically have to follow some more stringent guidelines um, to, to, to the services and the things that they're they're doing in their environments from a regulatory perspective. So understanding the industry, understanding um, what those requirements are can really also help you um, identify what that spend needs to be. And I think too, it's important to note the 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 way that we compute today has changed, right? And so we have the ability to leverage, you know, cloud um, as we as we plan for our customers, right? We want to make sure that we're being strategic and understanding. Does it make sense for certain components of their environment to move to cloud compute? Um, you know, that digital transformation into other services. And that really does then change the how you procure that 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 budget, right? It moves more into an operating expenditure. So, all of those those thoughts and and those um, kind of those initiatives really need to be planned for. Um, but really understanding what's available for customers, I think, is really important um, as well. You know, and and sometimes it's a fit, and sometimes it's not. But at least evaluating where it makes sense. Um, and that kind of changes how you how you budget for that, right? Because it then does move from a capital expenditure into that OPEX spend um, and making sure that that, you know, organizations understand that that changes um, and they can plan accordingly for that. Yeah, and if you look at some of the industry drivers, especially in these last five years and, and really over the last two years with, uh, you know, coming through and out of this pandemic, uh, the budgeting has become a little bit of a moving target, right? We we had to move, we had to move a lot of workload to cloud. We had to move, move a lot of workload to home offices. So you know our budgets changed quite a bit from pandemic, but pr even prior to pandemic, the the budgeting around security had become a huge huge component of that IT budget. So if we take and we look at today, you know security costs are up. The, the product cost, which typically our industry, you can get more product for the same product or the same product for a less cost is now increased. So the price of the product has gone up, the price of labor has gone up, and the price of security has gone up along the way over these last five years. So these budgets in the last, especially two years have really been taxed because there's been so much change. And then obviously the focus around security um, all cost more money at the end of the day. So we've been trying to help our customers just try to look out forward Try to get you know increases, especially around things like security, are are rapidly increasing, and you have to get those in the budget, or else they're hard for a lot of organizations to to fund. Right, right. Well, and I think too, there's the supply chain issues have have really caused caused some some havoc for customers as well. Even if they did have budget, right, you know, the availability of goods is is even more difficult to come by. So then that even becomes a more strategic planning as to when you're going to make these um, projects move forward based on the availability of the, the products and goods that you need. That hasn't helped. So. Yeah, I think a lot of organizations had to quickly make that change um, once COVID hit and kind of figure out what does this look like now? Because we got to make something happen. But a question too is, you know, we're establishing our budget, but who really owns that IT budget? Is it across departments? You know, is it at a C level? Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I think it's across the whole organization, right? I mean, the the cost of that in most organizations, 
most every user has some touch with technology. So I think that budget is across the organization. And that's why you'll see some of the, the estimating tools out there based on organizational size, revenue, percentage of revenue, number, number of people, things like that, to try to spread that cost amongst the organization. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's typical that the, the financial person in the organization is working pretty in tune with either the internal technology or the external provider to lay out that budget. But yeah, it has to get allocated across the organization because it's not just a single department that's a cost center, right? It's, it's an organizational cost. And I think too, Chris, I think putting it into an, uh, a support per endpoint pricing model, right? At the end of the day, um, you know, some organizations are, well, is it a total spend? I mean, how should I be budgeting for this correctly? And, you know, some say if you can identify the number of endpoints in your environment and then allocate a cost associated to that full support over a 12 month time frame. Um, that's how most organizations, I think, are trying to get to where, you know, they if they are in a managed service agreement and they're getting a lot of services included in that in that agreement. But what are those additional costs, right? What are the, what are the soft costs, whether it's lifecycle replacement of hardware, um, de deployment costs, um, new projects, you know, we, we have to replace a server. What does that holistic cost look like? And, and breaking that down to a per endpoint um you know per endpoint conversation kind of helps um yeah. the organization put it into a uh, into a budget and, and trying to establish you know there, there's resource costs both internal and external resources there's that maintenance cost just to keep really kind of the utility of technology keep the lights on per se right so you've got resources external internal that utility cost and then you've got the projects how do we how do we move that for technology forward how do we get new gear how do we get faster gear when we need to so you have to really kind of look at all those bring them together determine if it's internal resources or external and try to leverage um, the efficiencies of that right and that's where really we talk about leveraging a good partner along with your internal resources if you have them to try to get the most bang for the dollar for technology spend because it doesn't make sense to hire at all, you know, and in some cases it doesn't make sense to contract at all. So that has to fit into that budget conversation about how do I balance internal technology focused people and my external people and how do I pay for it all, right? And what, what's the balance there? And that is a tricky exercise that we walk through with our clients quite a bit. I think, and I think it's helpful to have a framework, right? I think it's helpful to have a checklist. I think if you can have um, data, you know, if you're if your um, IT department, either internal or externally, can report on some of the data that that your systems are generating, can also help you make those decisions. Um, you know, we when we work with our customers on that basic lifecycle refresh, there are certain you know critical components of an environment that we say has a life expectancy, right? I think unfortunately, manufacturers do build in obsolescence in their products. Uh, right, because they want to sell hardware. Um, so how do you plan for that, right? And we want to make sure that our customers are getting the return on their investment over the length of that 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 solution. Um, so Chris, would you agree? Like over, if you looked at a, a, a traditional environment, um, you know, most customers have a firewall. Most customers are running some type of internal server system desktop, um, laptop, computing devices. I mean, those those do have a life cycle. Um, I think it's dependent on A, 
um, how much you're pushing on on that year, right? Um, but I, for most of our customers, we're saying, you know, firewall um, three to five years, right? Um, you know, the more that we ask of, you know, cloud compute, right? And pushing more to more to the cloud, we need to have bandwidth, right? And so as, as customers grow, um, you know, the firewall component needs to be changed out. So, you know, three to five years on those systems, typically servers, um, you know, five to six years. A lot of the server replacement costs is associated again to the core applications that they're running and planning for um, when when Microsoft sunsets, you know, their operating systems and, and kind of the dependency on the, those two. Um, obviously, we want to make sure that we're not running old legacy hardware, right? Because that then becomes, we, we potentially have some hardware failure components at some point and making sure that our customers are running some manufacturer support warranties on that core gear is really important. Um, we want to be able to have um, the ability to call those groups to get replacement componentry. Um, what other things, you know, endpoint devices, laptops, desktops, again, typically a three year life cycle. Most oftentimes we're telling um, our customers that Try to replace at least a third of your fleet of your endpoint devices so that you're not holistically changing those all out at the same time because that gets very expensive. You know, just making sure that a if they have data in their environment that they're leveraging that data to make better business decisions um, and, and just monitoring um, those components. So obviously at CIT, we track a lot of those hardware software components for our customers so that we can build out what that strategic plan looks like. And I think that that helps um, just provide, again, a better plan at the end. Yeah, and I think two major technology changes that have helped um, clients understand budgeting better has been virtualization and the and the cloud migration, the workload, you know, moving workloads to the cloud, right? It, it hasn't, it, it is, it you know, everything isn't more expensive, right? I think we've become better at utilizing hardware and utilizing it up with virtualization. We've found ways to move CapEx cost, uh, operational cost, and moving up to a cloud workload. So we are trying to, you know, it's not all gloom and doom. We're, we're trying to decrease where we can the budget as well, right? So if you can use hardware more efficiently, faster, bigger, better, rather than just replacing every five years because the built-in hardware obsolescence, it makes that model more efficient. Same with as we move those workloads to the cloud, we decrease our on-premise hardware capacity workload that we need. So it's shifting cost, but hopefully it does help try to reduce that budget over time as well, because there's plenty of things adding to the budget. So we're trying to help, you know, it's, it's not all up, up, up. We try to help re reduce it with certain technology changes that are happening as well. Right. Well, and I think it goes to the framework, right? I mean, with most of our customers, we're we're taking the NIST framework, uh, the National Institute of Science Technology, and those recommendations from the federal government, right? Of how um, we want to we want to be able to provide the same level of um, planning, you know, that meets some of those requirements for our SMB customers that we're supporting, so that they're they're looking forward for the the next. Um, you know, what is the next security um, software solution that they should be looking forward towards? And I think, you know, the executive order with the passing of having EDR in running in your environment also is something that needs to be part of that planning conversation, right? Because, 
you know, we're, we're all going to be in a position where our technology spend has to increase as the demand on, on securing our environments is, is necessary at the end, end of the day. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you brought up that point because we're talking a lot about the budgeting side of, you know, even that old hardware and end of life on operating systems that there is a risk for cybersecurity where they can get in because you are running old technology. And um, I did want to mention if you guys hadn't caught that before, we had a podcast earlier with Kyle and Jake talking about migrating to the cloud because there are still a lot of questions of, is that the right path for me? Is it secure? Um, so if you haven't listened to that, I would suggest going out and talking about that and um, kind of helping you understand a little bit. But um, I did want to kind of see um, on the IT side and then that budgeting, you know, where do we go? So we've got that budget established. How do we look at it forward thinking? Can we adjust as we go? Where where can I add that in? Because yes, it's going to be maybe expensive in the long run, but you've got to start that budget because you'd rather have that slated where you don't have something happen with a cybersecurity incident coming in because you chose not to upgrade or do something like that. So I just kind of wanted to make that statement and then you guys can have any remarks on that. Yeah, and most of those budgets are, are fluid, right? I mean, they're gonna move, they're gonna change, they're gonna morph, they're gonna switch the buckets that they're in because of those changes. Uh, obviously, we're spending a lot of time talking to clients about making sure they're budgeted for those security pieces of the puzzle, right? And and that's not just putting in the latest and greatest security. That's, as you mentioned, Terry, getting rid of old technology that's unsupported, get rid of out-of-date end-of-life product that's unsupported. Uh, along with that, looking forward as to what's coming next. And most of our clients, if, if they weren't regulated, they weren't required to kind of keep up with some of that. It was really on on their, you know, timeframe. Now, when when the industry has come forward, when they try to do their cybersecurity renewals, they're being asked the same thing that the regulated clients are doing. So we really need to spend some time talking about that part of the budget around security, right? Where are we at? How comfortable are you? Do you think we can check all the boxes when, you're, when your insurance carrier comes to the door next time? And if not, let's start getting, let's start chipping away at those. Let's get them in the budget. Let's get the top priority ones first and let's start chipping away because we know it's coming, right? It's not a matter of, of if it's a matter of when they're going to, you know, come ask for these certain things to be done with your technology. And uh, if we wait too long, it just becomes a, a harder budget to deal with. So we yeah. try to get out in front of that as best we can, typically at least 12 to 24 months. Yeah, I mean, ideally, if you have a checklist, something that you can look at your current environment, right, identify the age of the gear, um, when is the, <clears throat> excuse me, when is it, due to sunset, right? And then planning for those replacement costs. Um, you know, that's something that we we want to be part of with our customers because, you know, it's it's better to plan for that spend today. And, and granted, there's a lot of unknowns with where the market's going um, today, but we have to be realistic in what that true number is to support the organization and be far more strategic. You know, honestly, at the end of the day, technology should drive opportunity and business value. And and when we're dealing with, you know, legacy hardware and, you know, um, kind of some inefficiencies based off running old gear, there's soft costs that's involved there that if we just allocated correctly for a budget 
to replace and move forward. I think that there that that soft cost with um, efficiencies and performance at the user level that pays dividends, right? If if you have somebody who's consistently not having to deal with technology issues, that there's benefit there, um, and that's really where we want our customers to get to at the end of the day. That's great. So we're going to be kind of wrapping up the podcast today. Chris and Ann, do you have any like final words of wisdom um, that you wanted to throw out there for our listeners? Yeah, I, I would just not be afraid of the budget, right? Let, let Get something established. It needs to start somewhere if you haven't already. And if you do have a budget established, I think it needs to be review, reviewed at least annually, if not quarterly. We try to review with our customers on a quarterly basis to make sure, you know, where are we at to that budget? Is it way under? Is it way over? Where where do we need to allocate? How do we accrue and get out in front of it? So it's 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 not it's not as scary as it sounds. Uh, I think it's fairly easy to get started. We can give you some baselines, um, industry stat type of numbers to use, and then from there we just build on it and make it better, bigger, better, faster, stronger. Yeah, and I would I would just. Also, I mean, there's again what we're seeing right now with the supply and demand issues um, with core computing gear. Um, you know, just be patient, right? Um, it's it's everyone in the industry is 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 kind of struggling with this right now. And you know, I think if you have allocated budget, you know, try to get those orders in sooner so that you at least are in the top of the line for when it when that fulfillment is is available. So great. Well, thanks again, Chris and Anne. Um, so glad to have you on today. Um, and it was a great discussion. So thanks for IT budgeting, all the things, and we got it all wrapped up. So I did want to say, um, let us know of any sort of feedback or additional topics that you would like to hear on our podcast. You can visit cit-net.com backslash podcast, or you can email us at info at cit-net.com. And we look forward to chatting with you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.